Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm your co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. On my hard days, that's the cross training will be recovery. And on my recovery days, I also work it in that the cross training is then recovery. So I never go for a second run. The cross training is my second run. And yeah, I feel like the low pounding is more effective for me mm. than the high impact because I feel like the afternoon runs just I like deplete me. I think I wouldn't have come so far yeah. if I didn't love it. And it's a fire that I have inside of me still for the sport. And there has moments that scared me that I would lose it. And I think that is maybe why every moment that I get to race, I feel it's mm. like that special moment because I don't know if it's going to be my last. Hey Nick, did you know that it's a cool idea to eat a nutritious diet packed with loads of fiber? Oh yeah? Yeah, you should Google it using Cool Ideas Fiber Internet Solutions. I hear they've been voted number one internet service provider for customer service. Yeah, and you'll get hold of them faster than the fiber can work through your system. Nicola! Davide! How was your long run this morning? It was hot. Hot. So hot, man. Hot. Dying. <laughs> uh, it's Durban is, is unbearable yes. at this time of yeah. year. Humid, hot, good. Uh, not quite like altitude training, but I reckon it's it's right up there. Hey? No, but we're getting into into the swing of things, and the and the two oceans training is underway. Um, yeah. And and on that two oceans note, our guest today yes. is is probably one of my biggest um, idols. I can I can confidently say that she came second at two oceans last year. Yeah. She had an absolutely unbelievable race. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, that she she also she's won, sitting she, right next to us. So let's let's build it up some more. <laughs> okay, let's build it up some more. It. She's won the twenty one k at two oceans a few times as well. She's she's run some blistering times. She is also an ultra marathon fifty k world record holder. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a nice lady. Hell of a nice lady. <laughs> Lots of fun. She's got biceps, guys. She's Bigger biceps. biceps than Davey. And she inspired me on my drive yeah. down here. Davey my is way. now inspired. He, he's going to take his Watch training bike, to the new gym, level. Everything way. that he knows, now he's going to actually try and do. And so. of course, guys, we are talking about Yvette van Zeil. So Yvette, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And w what we are going to be trying to zone in today is train like a pro because, you know, you want to learn from the world's best? Well, we have one of the world's best in front of us. Yvette, thank you so much for coming in today. We really appreciate you finding the time, squeezing a little bit of time to, to come into studio. On your, on your business trip. <laughs> we won't say what business. <laughs> you know, we thought we were going to have to get Yvette over a video call. We're actually stressed. We're like, we've never done a video call. But we so we It was just, meant to be. We reached out. It was meant she to was be. in Durban. She rocked up. Davy picked her up. Oh no, man, we flew her here uh, on the making a runner jet. Uh, okay. <laughs> so of course. Yeah, yeah. No, and we're gonna drop some bigger sponsorship <laughs> names after. <laughs> hey Vet, thank you. How are you feeling today? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm honored to be on the podcast. I've been following the podcast from the first episode, so it's really cool to be on it. So I'm feeling privileged and happy to be here. And oh, that means a lot. Oh, yeah, that means a lot. so I really love the podcast. You're oh, doing a great job. Thanks <laughs> so much. And it, it, it only helps us getting uh, such good talent like yourself on. You've been someone that we've been trying to obviously get it's, it's we, we are fearful of that um, telephonic phone call we, we, we like being we like doing it in person so it's an absolute treat that you're here in studio my first time meeting you even though we chat on instagram all the time i feel like i know everything about you i felt, felt like i already knew you i know it was. it's funny social media like that it's 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 good like that Yvette, I want to start off right off the bat. Obviously, today's uh, show, we want to focus on your, on your training. But before we get to that, I want to just get a bit of your background. I mean, you're obviously one of the top South African ultra-distance athletes. Where did it all start? When did you realize you had this talent? And how has it progressed over the years? Yeah, so it started when I was quite young. So my godmother, that is my aunt, Frances van Black, um, got into running actually the year I was born. So maybe that was meant to be. So um, then we were always at her races and seeing her runs. 
And she would always, after the race, give a medal to me. So I was like, oh, I like this medal. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but how do I get it? How do I get my own? Because I like receiving it, but I don't feel like it's like... I've earned it. Didn't yeah, work I've earned it. it. So then I started um, doing shot bit. I wasn't good at it. And <laughs> with, those, with those biceps. <laughs> those guns. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, no, this guns is for show, looks like <laughs> But obviously, I didn't have the scars when I was oh, yes, like true. that young. <laughs> um, but yeah, then it, I did long jump. I did. I even tried hurdles. I tried really everything, and I wasn't good at it. I couldn't win a medal. So the next step was like the furthest up, the 1200. So then I won. So I was like, oh, I get my medal. So I was like, oh, this is what I, where you win medals. So and it just progressed um, from primary school that I coached myself because my mom said I. I'm um, too young to have a coach. So um, I wasn't the best coach, I must say, in primary school. <laughs> Probably the same talent that Davey has right now. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> but the love for running just grew as I got older. And then in high school, my mom was like, now nah, I can get a coach. How I was like, you, at how, last. How do you motivate yourself <laughs> when yeah. you're, what, in like grade six? <laughs> Yeah, so it was like the day when I feel stiff, it's like, it's a rest day. <laughs> so and that's what I said. Yeah, it's, um, it's exactly I like Davey. Davey phoned me the other <laughs> night. He's like, yeah, I'm feeling a bit uh, tired from today's session. I'm going to take two-day break. <laughs> that just shows improvement in Davey's mindset, really, to I, me. I'm getting wiser. Yeah, wiser, with wiser. His, wiser in his age. Yeah. That's good. But, but, that's but what I, happened with age. Yeah. <laughs> you become more lazy. I, was just, I don't feel like running. But you won a race in, in the Netherlands, is that so? In, when you were when you're still quite young, I want to try and pronounce yeah, it. I, I want to make Davy pronounce this. It's your okay. Zeven Hoeven Loop. Yeah, the Zeven Hoeven Loop. Yeah, Zeven Hoeven Loop. Not Hoeven Hevel. Zeven Hevel Loop. Yeah, you're getting okay, there. Okay, we yeah. got it. <laughs> were you on holiday? No, so okay, so I, you went there to yeah, race that, eh? for the race. Yeah, okay. so it was a 15k that I'd done. Prior to that, they decided actually we want to do an overseas race. So I was still very young, but my stepdad had a lot of connections with uh, Netherlands because he is his background is from the Netherlands. So yeah, he had good connections with the Netherlands. So we had a lot of people that I can stay there with because he was a flower farmer. So and flowers okay, come yeah, from the Netherlands. Yeah. So yeah, so that's how I got into the race and. Um, my coach at that time because then I was high school so I had a coach yeah. yay, um, <laughs> that knew what he was doing yeah so then he got me into the race and we just decided to go and do it because prior to that race I did a first 15k race and I missed the SA junior record by like 15 seconds and it was at altitude so we're like oh, I can break for the SA record for 15k. Okay, 15k yeah so yeah I went there and just ran the race and I won it so I was <laughs> like why did I win this <laughs> and it's quite a big race isn't it yeah it's quite a big race and it's still going on yeah. it's getting bigger and bigger the, the but I'm just saying they say it's like seven hills but they, that was flat oh is that it seven? yeah because yeah, yeah. it's like rolling hills but I would say coming from South Africa it's no hill so but I, I just want to comment on something you, you, you've mentioned twice that first when you were young enough uh, too young you didn't have a coach and you were sad about that <laughs> then you got a coach and you were celebrating <laughs> but now you don't, you don't have a coach and you're an elite <laughs> athlete and you coach yourself yeah. Did you so just, now did I'm you celebrating just again. Did you, did you just learn <laughs> enough throughout your running career, um, and that once you like had the knowledge, you just felt that you could do it on your own? Yeah, I think the confidence gave me when I got pregnant is understanding your body better, so and knowing what it needs and knowing what it doesn't need. So went through two pregnancies and coached myself during that whole time, and I think you have a better connection once you're pregnant. Um, you guys won't ever have it, <laughs> but <laughs> I need that. Connection. Sorry, Davey. <laughs> Davey needs all the help. But I, but I hear when when your significant other's pregnant, you're also pregnant. So maybe yeah. there's like some. LJ was legit pregnant. I would say yeah, he yeah. had cravings. He had the tiredness. <laughs> Once on the, the way to the guy, he actually made us stop because he needed carry and rice. I was like, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> yeah, that's so my husband for the, you. So you talk about your husband. LJ is also he's also very high level athlete he's a 400 meter hurdler. he's also <laughs> he's <the> south african david <laughs> was telling me in the car ride yeah that she lives in his shadow <laughs> wow yes. i mean 
how does that exactly. uh, how does that affect uh, your 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 family dynamics? I mean, your kids—they must be like super super athletes. <laughs> yeah, we get that well. quite often. But unfortunately, the one doesn't feel like he's running right now. He's like, I coach at the, his primary school. I coach the small kids, and he's like. He's just socializing. So he's just all about and making friends. And I'm like, just run one lap for mommy. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah, but imagine having a vet van Zale as your, what grade is that? A grade three. How old are your kids? Yeah, the one is now in grade two. So he's turning eight. And the other one is four. He's turning five. So he's in double R. So, so you he, do the grade twos. Hey? You, you coach the grade twos. Um, no, the whole primary school I coach. Yeah, Damn. the middle what? distance. Oh, so it gives me great joy to see the kids running. I never thought I'm going to love coaching as much as I do now because I started last year, October. They're like, yeah, do you want to come and coach a bit? And I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And They I thought, must have been mm. over the moon. That's <laughs> popping champagne. <laughs> we did it! Perfect! <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's really been such a joy to see them run. It's like just to see the, the love that they have for the sport. It's like I love them loving it. I'm not going to lie. When I was in um, prep school, I, I hated running. <laughs> and I think like I'm pretty sure that 90% of us all hated running. Athletics Day was like the worst day of the year. Was that just me, Nick? Uh, I, I enjoyed athletics. <laughs> we, were at, we were at Crawford, though. Exactly. So that's why I enjoyed it. The standard wasn't very high. <laughs> no, you could I, win. I wasn't. No, I wasn't a fan. You eh? didn't enjoy it because I wasn't your coach. If you were my coach, you probably yeah, would have I'm good at it. with kids. Okay, okay. Well, now I will say it. I wouldn't say it a few years ago. So would you say <laughs> your, your five-year-old is showing more promise? Yes, definitely. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. he's the go-getter. If you say, you don't even need to say, go one lap. He just goes. So yeah, he's definitely into the sport where Louis, the older one, is not yet finding himself with and, relating uh, to sport, but it's okay. <laughs> and is LJ pushing them towards the hurdles and are you pushing them towards the cross country? Like, what's the dynamics there? Oh, shame. Poor Louis. I said, let's do cross country. And that was last year. And he's like, oh, so much kids running. Yeah. So he's like, he's like just telling me he's going to just jog. I'm like, jog is fine. Just do it. So I actually lost him a bit on the route so that I didn't know which position he was, but I was looking at the wrong place. <laughs> So I had to wait a bit for the back runners. <laughs> so I got like overexcited screaming my child's name and it hasn't even passed yet. I'm uh, like, whoops. I oh, know. <laughs> well, it's it's really a breath of fresh air to see how you, you've gotten so involved in the community yeah. as well. And it's it's so nice to see that, you know, these these high level athletes do give back and they enjoy that element of it as well. I think that's, that's a big part of it. So, you know, you get a lot of reward, I think, as a coach seeing – the athletes improve. I think when you're doing it at a young age and you see someone enjoy running yeah. uh, and it's something that you're so passionate about, it makes a huge difference. But I want to just go back to, you know, your progression from that 15K win to then like through the RAAF ranks and then getting into the, you know, longer distance, 21s, 42s, eventually your ultras. Did you always plan on that? Because, I mean, you were middle distance and then you went... Further and further <laughs> and further. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, I think being in South Africa, it's like always uh, you yeah. get the question, when are you going to do comrades? Yeah, yeah. So I get it quite often. And if they like, <laughs> I then. I think I asked her three times, <laughs> what, are you doing comrades? Are you doing comrades? <laughs> <laughs> comrades. Yeah, so um, I think that's always the um, direction that we, we will go in. But um, yeah, just from my high school days, I knew the first moments I hit the road, I knew that is where I want to be. Sure. It was my first spa ladies race in Durban. I was still a junior, had to lie about my age because you had to be <laughs> 15 to run a 10K race. And I was like, I can be 15. Hey, so whoa, I was oh, 14 whoa. at that stage. So <laughs> yeah, so I just, um, on the envelope that you had to fill in the... And I was just, I'm 15. <laughs> great, great start to your, to your running career. Yeah, but actually then I came second and ran a really good time. And I was just after Poppy and Poppy was hot, hot at that stage. So that was way back in 2000 and f I think two, yeah, in 2002. So and no one ever years. queried your age. No, I think they're just like, oh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> so they just saw the J on me and just checked that I'm 
I am a junior, yeah, so yeah. that's it. <laughs> so nobody questioned it. But it was only a year out. Come on, yeah, I was yeah. 14, so I was close. Yeah, they probably don't close. worry too much about that element. I think they worry about people that aren't juniors racing. Yeah. yeah. More, so more at least I still look yeah. young then. So <laughs> I look like a junior. You still look young, Yvette. Don't, don't yeah. do that to yourself. People will see on the on the episode video that we'll post that uh, Yvette is looking fine. She is absolutely looking strong. For anybody that says long-distance runners, don't age well there we go yeah, there we the go and it's funny that you mentioned the comrades debacle because you know davy and i after that two oceans last year we were we were like trying to place money you know, have, <laughs> have a bit, have a bit. Like, what's gonna happen and then neither of you ran we're like come on what's going on yeah i know and we we heard the news so late we were everybody was actually quite was quite yeah, like, taken we, aback we, we were behind yeah. but i mean so so then you moved on to some to your 21k racing and you did extremely well at that distance clearly moving on to 42s olympics all of those fantastic things i mean you must have been riding a high you must have been living the dream yeah it wasn't actually that high because <laughs> <laughs> to be honest uh, when i was still in high school i had like a accident i had a um, scooter accident when i was 17 so i was like on my running peak everything went so well i was like everything I wanted. I was good at cross country. I was good at track. I was good at road running. It was like, it couldn't go better. And then I fell off my scooter. (laughs) Then it went really bad. When I was 17, it was end of done at nine. Um, It was uh, in our exam time. It was the 17th of November. November, (laughs) sorry. Still remember the date. Yeah, Yeah, it's unfortunately one of those days that change your life forever that will always like be with me and... Yeah, it makes the personality that I am today probably as well. But then everything came to a halt. I woke up in the hospital. Um, I couldn't walk for two months because I've scraped off all my skin off my both my legs. My quads were skin were gone. My my knees were like both of them were Oof. just cut open. My calf were like non-existing because it just the I don't know what of the scooter, but it, they say it's the plastic thing on the side that ripped open my calf. So, yeah, waking up and you're still 17 and you're, like, all up in bandages and they, like, don't know if you're really going to run again or they're just, like, telling you, okay, we have to see how this goes. So, yeah, it was um, not all smooth riding and that's um, obviously all that happened when I was 17 is still catching up on me while I progressed with the running. Mm. So, because, unfortunately, your knees is quite important while you run, especially far. <laughs> your quads, your calves, all of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, but that healed up quite nicely. But it was two months of just being in bed, straight legs. I didn't break anything, but, unfortunately, the, where the cuts were on my knees, I mm. couldn't bend it. Mm. So, yeah, for t- two months, you're just lying in bed, just 17, all your friends are going out, and you're just But like do you struck. not think of that as almost like a, like, I mean, how, how fortunate are you to have, have not broken anything or you know and look at where you are now so yeah it is but still i had two further operations on my knee from that and yeah it's just progressing like it still it's something that holds me back but it's something that motivates me as well from where i was there and where i'm progressing i just think that's the time of mindset i have when somebody tells me it's not possible i'm like it's possible yeah (laughs) so it's just switching your mind but it's had a lot of negative effect on how my life that next five years developed and that's just something that i had to make peace with because then after that accident, it's of course then two months I didn't walk. So then you have mm. to learn to walk again because all your muscles, your knees is touch. You can't bend it anymore. And then run, yeah. Yeah, so the progress to that just took long. And then I had to, for a year, not run in uh, short pants because the skin is so thin and it went septic as well. So that put a backlash as well. So just the progress to getting back to running, normal running with mm. a short pants. So try and run. At least I went in Durban, but with long pants, long distance all the time. It's just my skin couldn't get into yeah. the sun because it was so new. And it but wasn't that burn. super uncomfortable? Was it, was it, it was, it was. But it was like there was no other option if I wanted to run. I had to run in long pants. It was sure. like that. So, yeah, it just – and then – um, when I didn't ha- run, I had to wear underneath my shorts or my long pants. I had to wear like um, dracosa that it compressurized yeah, the skin com- that it like grows back equally. So that is 
thick pants that you have to wear and they have to adjust it the whole time that it's tight around your quads because it the mainly area that the skin grew back was on my quads so yeah it was tough moments but um I always think of that back when it's going really hard or a doctor tells me, maybe this is it. This is yeah. the end. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like can, I can that, come day, back. that day, that day. One doctor told me that. 17th I was like, of November. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, I think a lot of you know professional athletes in their professional career have moments like these where it, it's big setbacks that, that fills that fire to sort mm. of get back out there and get back to the top level. Which, I mean, you, you certainly use that fire very well <laughs> in the way that you have progressed afterwards and, but it, and as you say it's that key developmental years that you know you you, you lose essentially mm. but you don't know in hindsight perhaps taking it a little bit easier at that time you don't know it, it could it could be beneficial in the long <laughs> in the longevity of your running so i think look at it positively look at where you are now and i want to i want to hear more about the the progression of your, your marathons because i mean you you've run some blistering times. Yes, let, let's go over the times. So I believe there was a there was a two thirty three at London in twenty twelve. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You're reading, you're reading my notes, oh, yeah, but this fine. is this is off the notes. I've oh, gone yeah. rogue. Okay. Two thirty three at London Marathon, which then allowed you to qualify for the London Olympics. Yes. But you did not finish. Yeah. What happened? Do you think that carbon fiber shoes can make a difference in your running speed? You should try Cool Ideas Fiber Internet Solutions for your home or business. They're fast, effective, and take the podium for the best customer service in the game. So I was talking to Davey on the way here. So what happened is I had an Achilles that flared up and went and gone. But when I got to London, it was manageable. Then, of course, I had a lot of physio and then they needled it. And then it went into spasm while they needled it, my whole calf up. So, and that was really close to the race. And at that stage, at the Olympics, so now Olympics doesn't have, they have a no needle policy. So you're not allowed to inject cortisone anymore. But at that stage in 2012, you still could. um, Because if you're in the Olympic Village, there's like a polo clinic that Mm -hmm. does MRIs, whatever you need, crutches, anything there. Like Any medical support you need. It is there. It's like a little hospital. Yeah. But just with sport relating. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So so then the day before the race, I injected two cortisone injections into my Achilles so that I can run. And then I just couldn't feel my foot on the day. So I didn't know where I was placing it. So it was all over the place. And then at 17, I just couldn't continue because I didn't know where to step anymore. So yeah, I pulled off and it was one of the worst days of my life. I'm sure. Yeah. And what was the date? No, I couldn't remember. That's a, that's a scoring one that I never want to That's one of those ever. ones that you bury. Yeah. You bury deep. It's like one of those races that you're like, it never happened. No. But then you went back to London the next year and ran a PB 231. And yeah. But that PB has since been crushed, dominated down to a 226. How can I go for the times? Okay, okay go, 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 go. 231 London 2013. Yeah. 228 Siena. Where's Siena? Uh, Spain. No. Italy. Oh, yes, good. Two, 2021. <laughs> 226 Valencia. That's in Spain. That's in Spain. And Damn straight. And that's a fast marathon. And you know, the, the only reason I know about Valencia now is because of the... I did not know where, <laughs> what country that was. I was like, where's this place? I thought it was in Kazakhstan or something. But now I'm... Baby's running knowledge is just <laughs> Valencia. Uh, Speaking of Valencia, we saw those times from Valencia this year. It looked like a hell of a fast marathon. How was it that you... 2.26, guys. I'm sorry. What's the average pace for 2.26? I can get the Garmin out quickly. (laughs) Do you know it off the top of your head? 3.28. She does. (laughs) She does. 3.28. Nick and I... Oh, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. 3.28. (laughs) Unbelievable. Davey and I want to run Valencia Marathon because I've I personally been to Valencia before and I love it as a town. And I think that marathon looks so cool. It looks like it's at the right time and of the gonna year. And we're going to go skiing afterwards. And we want to go skiing afterwards. That's a, that's a I hope you're not going to ski in Valencia. There's no snow no, no, in Valencia. No, no, no. no, no Granada. He's okay. lying to me there. Davey, <laughs> don't worry, Davey. I thought we were going to finish the marathon and then hit the slopes. You're on the bus, bro. You just wait. You just okay. wait. So that 226, I mean... Do you feel like you've got more to give to that 226? Yeah, I definitely feel I've got more to give. That's a, that's it's just awesome the to circumstances. Before. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely. You heard it through here first, eh? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Sorry. 
excitement building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely, I've got definitely more to give. But yeah, on the day, the weather was just perfect and everything just, I won't say I had the perfect race because there's really one or two that you can call perfect. But for me, the circumstances building towards that race, I had a perfect race. You um, did a lot of uh, cross training, and that's one thing that you that you touched on, is that you love your cross training. So maybe talk us through why you like yeah, cross training. Let's go so into it now. Yeah. I'd love to hear yeah. more about it. <laughs> <laughs> so because of my knee, I had a major operation in 2020 while COVID was um, progressing. Um, <laughs> and then the races got cancelled, and I actually had time to do the knee operation I had to do. So the doctor told me if I continue to do high mileage, that would probably going to end my career a bit sooner. So we have to opt a bit smarter for cross training more. So I decreased my mileage by a lot. So for a professional marathon runner, I'm doing way <laughs> average, yeah. I would say. The average, yeah, baby. so um, yeah. below average. So David, you're okay. You're doing enough mileage. <laughs> Thanks. But so. he's not doing the cross training. Yeah. Tell him. <laughs> ah, well, I told Nick, yeah, I'm cutting my running in half and just spending time on the bar. We're going to work on his mindset. Yeah. As a side note, I reckon if you go into Davy's archived histories, you'll, you'll find a lot of complaining about getting on the Watt bike and wasting his time and his bum getting numb and all these. I would rather, things. I would rather cycle than do the stupid shit that you make me do in the gym. <laughs> Ooh, Holding a grudge sorry, there. Bro. Sorry, sorry. I meant a bit I of mean, tension there. So. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. I can't control. I, I just want to lift weights, and you make me like do like stupid. We'll we'll get to lifting weights, Davy. Okay. We'll get to lifting weights. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll chat about the gym side of it whilst we're on it. Yvette, how many how many times do you spend in the gym? I uh, know quite a lot. Yeah. So my majority of training is like in the gym. Yeah, uh, like maybe like three hours in the gym. Like cross training yeah. and swimming. How many hours a week do you spend training in general? So between your gym, between your... Um, in a day, in a day I yeah, train day. like... Easy days would be three hours of training and hard days will be sometimes up to five hours. Sure. sure. Yeah. But well, it's almost a full working day, guys. <laughs> well, she is a full-time <laughs> athlete. It's a full working day for me. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I mean, you know, that balance between the cross-training, you, you mentioning the cycling, you mentioning the swimming. Um, how, how do you find that balance in terms of still getting your, your half-recommended running mileage and all of the other time for your family, uh, your coaching, all of these things, you know? <laughs> People <laughs> listening to the podcast are going to be like, okay, well, you know, if I want to train like a pro on the easy I days, said, I gotta do three hours. I said, I said to her, like, the reason why I can't get into the gym is I need to walk Benji. <laughs> so like, that is your cross training. Gym or Benji. That's your cross training. That's my cross training. Uh, I also walk my dogs. And walk your dogs. <laughs> and she's not including that in the hours. That's <laughs> excluding. Well, what time do you wake up? 2 a.m.? <laughs> Uh, no, not that early. <laughs> 3 a.m. We're not living in Durban. We don't need to dr run that early. <laughs> okay, no, but that's a good question. So how do you manage it all? Yeah, so time management is quite important for me to work in my mornings as much as training that I can because the afternoons is just set for my kids because I do fetch them. I do all the activities. I do the homework. Well, Louis has to do the homework, but I <laughs> assist. <So> <laughs> and the coaching. Yeah, and the coaching at least is all in the mornings. I don't do the coaching in the afternoons. The kids just train in the mornings. And But now we have alternative because it's like athletic season. We have twice a week in the afternoons. But then I will drop Louis off by um, his activities. Then I will go back to the school and coach and then go back, fetch him. And the poor little guy, oh, <laughs> Gideon, he just travels along. He's just my tag along, the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, but the, it's quite packed, my mornings. Yeah. It's like... At least with cross training, you can like squash it all in because on my hard days, that's the cross training will be recovery. And on my recovery days, I also work it in that the cross training is then recovery. So I never go for a second run. The cross training is my second run. And yeah, I feel like the low pounding is more effective for me mm. than the high impact because I feel like the afternoon runs just I like deplete me. So yeah, it's just um, switching the mind from... No second runs. All the yeah. runs is in the mornings. And I do all my hard runs also in the mornings. Wow. Everything is done. And then from 8, eight o'clock, I can move on to whatever um, cross training. But for me, it helps because 
during the time that I had my knee operation, I decided to buy myself a white bike. Not, not that everyone can buy a white bike, but for me, I saw it as an investment because mm. I knew I was going to use it to its full advantage. I think I use my white bike maybe more than a, a gym. Yeah. White bike is getting used. That's yeah. how much I use it. So, and I, the benefits of white bike is you can see the strength that you pull out of your legs and balance. like, yeah, the balance between the two because there's always the weaker leg and to get them 50-50 all the time is like the main focus for me. Do you ever do any high intensity workouts on the white bike? Yes, definitely. So I do sessions on the white bike as well, especially when I'm injured. <laughs> I awesome. can load that <laughs> quite a lot. <sighs> so um, my kids hate <laughs> the white bike because they're like, yeah, <laughs> all the time. and our neighbors, is even oh she's uh, on the she's white on bike it. again because yeah, yeah. I open the windows and it's like and especially sometimes um, <laughs> so sometimes my days were quite out hectic so then I white bike at night when my kids is asleep so but then I will close the door and then open the windows and then my our neighbours will always maybe drink wine or something <laughs> on the stoop and then I like Oh, she's <laughs> white biking again. <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm the annoying do they, neighbor. Do they know who you are? That yeah. guy should be like, go <laughs> Push it. They, they think of, we must maybe like invent something that I can like generate electricity yeah. with my white bike. So, they're like, let's put it into use this. <laughs> I like it. You know, I love how you started this conversation though, because you started with the words for me. And I think that is, that is the key. You know, you found the right balance that works for you. And I think there isn't a golden recipe that, you know, people need to read up for or look for. It's about listening to your body, zoning in and figuring out, you know, my body doesn't handle two runs in a day because I feel I feel buggered from it. And I, I enjoy the training in the gym. I enjoy the cross mm. training. It makes me feel better. Mentally, that has a big psychological element to it, does it not? So, yes. I mean, you know, what does it take to remain at the top of the sport? Because, you know, we, we get an idea of the training. You're doing a lot of different types of training. You're doing a lot of it, you know. On your big days, you're doing five, six hours. On your easy days, you're doing three hours. That's a lot of training. But psychologically, how do you stay on top of it? Or how do you find yourself re-motivated all the time? Is it times that you're chasing? Is it goals that you're chasing? Uh, you're wanting to win specific races. Uh, what keeps you going? For me, it's the enjoyment of the sport. I think I wouldn't have come so far yeah. if I didn't love it. And it's a fire that I have inside of me still for the sport. And there has moments that scared me that I would lose it. And I think that is maybe why every moment that I get to race, I feel it's mm. like that special moment because I don't know if it's going to be my last. So it's just maintaining whatever I have left in me to be the best that I can be and just that fire that knows I can be. It's not usually chasing times. It's just being the best athlete mm. that I can be. And while I'm doing it, I really have the, a love for the sport. And I think anything that you do, you have to love. Otherwise, it you won't really succeed in it because I've been through a lot of injuries. And every time I get knocked down, that fire just comes back like i have to i have to come back it's just there's no from oh i don't think i'm gonna come back it's a, i have to come back it's like it's like for me it's always motivates me and i think i have during the years i call it a switch so sometimes in training i'll get to that oh damn i don't think i can finish this and then it's like what you can <laughs> it's like that one thing on your shoulder that on tells you you can't and then you're like uh, uh it's like i'm gonna show you so do you practice a lot of self-talk when when you train yes i think being training so many hours mm. and i think for me especially what the pool has taught me you're looking at this line the whole time and it's really boring but it's like the conversations in your head that goes on while you're swimming just looking at that line i think that has taught me to be tougher mm. than like mm -hmm. every time I, I like think oh, i can't go this another one i can't go another k and then i'm like why why, <laughs> yeah. why? so that's what i also teach the kids as well it's like they always tell me they're tired now and there's a tired that you know you have to stop the kid mm. and there's a tired then I think you can do one more. Well, you can because, do one more lap. Yeah, because I always tell them, if your mind tells you you can't, it's like your body still has 40% left. So 
you just need to reconnect your mind with your body that it's like, yeah, so I still got to go. These great twos are probably running 10Ks. Yeah, they're probably beating our no, time. I'm not 10K. training the kids so hard. <laughs> they, are, they are really, I'm really... Keep a, going, <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really building them. I'm not breaking no, them down know, at we all. Know, we know, So I'm just putting it out there. I'm, I'm a really, I'm a nice coach. I'm a real, <laughs> don't score the kids. <laughs> I feel like their building block starts for the love of running. So I want to teach them how to love running. Um, I, always my question is when they're done, I'm like a very hyperactive coach. I'm like hee, hopping and up and down and like, mm, yeah, go. <laughs> so uh, I'm the one that hops everywhere. Um, but yeah, I always ask the question when they're done, did you enjoy it? And okay, most, probably some of them lie to me, but yeah. most of them have a smile on their face yeah. and they love it. Or they just think the coach is crazy. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's how I want to other people to see the sport, how I see it, is the enjoyment of the pure love for mm. running and just seeing athletes progress. So that is, that's for me, the motivation that keeps me going. Mm. That's brilliant. And um, obviously, if it, you, you specialize in long distance, uh, ultra marathons, and then also marathons. But you're, I mean, I mean you, did, you did the um, spa women's 10k challenge and all of that so 10k 21k do you still want to also compete in those distances or have you found your niche because i mean obviously there's a big difference between running a marathon and, a, and an ultra marathon especially depending on which one you're doing i mean <laughs> huge difference between comrades and and two oceans so which is your favorite uh, distance to or, or what are you most comfortable at I think I'm quite comfortable in all distances because coming from a background, I did a lot of track when I was younger. I did cross country. I don't like cross country. That yeah. I didn't develop a love for. <laughs> that is just torture. So I'll never go back to cross country. And track is also not my love. So if so someone asks you to do a trail run, you just say no. Yeah, I will bend my neck and say no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a definite no. There's, there's not even a... Maybe it's this is someone no. that knows what they want. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, you don't want to see me on a trail. <laughs> I will. I, that's one thing. I will moan and moan when we do trail. But, but I mean, come on, you, you've got such a strong mentality. Like it's just because you don't want to. Yeah, I don't like it. I yeah. think I. I'm sure you'd. Probably I'm at an age that I want to enjoy what I do. Yeah, so enough, if it's enough. not, if I don't like it, I don't like it. I think I've got many years of experience that I think I don't like it. I definitely know I don't like for it. For sure, for sure. But yeah, coming from my my favorite distance, I really like 10k's. It feels like that is actually where the love. Mm. Uh, well, 10Ks that is are nice. yeah, your biggest so, passion. Yeah, my biggest passion is actually the 10k's, and what I felt like through the years the higher the distance get that I compete at, the better I get in the shorter distances. Really? So, yes. And especially after, I must say, after I've given, after I've got my two kids now, it definitely made a big difference in my running career having kids. Not just because they keep you one busy, but they they learn you how to prioritize. So, sometimes I was like, uh, I can't do that. It's like, is that important? Or is something else today yeah, important? Yeah. So you learn how to prioritize. So, but the favorite distance is definitely 10K. And yeah, from there, and I like the ultras, but I'm still growing into it. very good it. at them. What, what's, <laughs> what was your, um, sorry, what was your um, 10,000 meter uh, personal best? On the track or on the road? Because track one is not that great. On the road. 32.06. Okay, and and are you gonna are you gonna be racing any more ten thousand meters this 10 year? Ten k, ten k, ten k. Every yeah. time you say ten thousand meters, yeah, that's like track. track. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can see a bit. Ah, just going. <laughs> I don't want to go near a track. Grinch, <laughs> 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 grinch. Yeah, I definitely will run more ten k's. That is, I ran that ten k time when my youngest child was three months old. Because I feel, um, I, but I feel like that's something that you have that a lot of runners don't have. Is that a is that ability to you know smash out a thirty-two minute ten k and and when you're running your ultras, you say you're just getting faster at those. Uh, there's a lot of runners that can't do that. I know I know Chiara struggles with with shorter distances at times, and she specialises more with long distance. So I think it's I think it's quite rare to be able to to shift between comrades and then a ten thousand meter. Yeah, I think that is where my history comes in. So I have a history of track. She doesn't. Yeah. So she started running later in her life. Enough. I didn't. I was from nine. I was you running pedigree, track. You and got that. Yeah. Yeah. Also so it's, it's built in me. So it's like, 
that is how my muscles develop. That is, it's always, I say, you have to do track when you're younger because that is your building blocks for whatever comes after that. So but it's definitely with me, it's the making the switches is for me easy. It's mm. like I can still have the same speed doing ultra marathons that I have a few years ago when I was just doing 10Ks. Yeah. So it's just, I think, the building blocks that you build your running career on. So if Hara maybe went to just doing this last couple of years, she just did more track work because track work is one thing. Racing track is a whole different thing. Sure. But that takes time. So and that's where the difference coming where you can quickly switch over the whole time from distances because it's just easier for me because it's more natural. And that's what I wanted to also mention. You know, it's different training types as well. So it's two completely different training programs. But you, you ask a very interesting question, Davey, because I think a lot of runners don't know the answer to it. It's how many times in a year can a runner really put out a maximal mm. effort without it affecting its it, their, their year's progression or their progress through their running career. I mean, are you someone that believes a lot in racing or are you someone that believes in picking your races and training for them and going at them when, when the time is right? Mm. So I think that has a lot to do with age. So as I was younger, that didn't bother me at all to race back-to-backs. If you followed me during my younger years, I did a lot of races back-to-back. Like 10K, I'll do in Cape Town. The next day, I'll do one in Joburg. And I'll do back-to-back like a 10K today. Next day, I'll do a marathon. So I had a lot of back-to-back races when I was younger. But when I get older, I won't do it anymore. Then you get more specific on what you really want to run because your recovery is slower than what you were when you were younger. So definitely now, I am more selective of races. So I would do some really hard and others but for me to line up a race and tell myself it's going to be a training run (laughs) i'm lying to myself yeah so i can't do and that's what i did when i was younger i used a lot of races for training runs but of course it's not a training run because if there's a girl in front of me i will get her (laughs) (laughs) so i'm coming for you so i can't there's (laughs) it's not in my personality just like oh i'm gonna come second today so on that when you say that you're obviously very competitive yeah, yeah, I am. And it's that, like even with Aljai, when he just want to go jog, I just want to stay ahead of him. It's like, you're not going to beat me. So your passion for the sport, and whilst you love the sport, paired with that just natural competitiveness that you have is obviously just one yeah, of the I reasons. Yeah, I think it you- comes out in everything, in my cross-training, in especially when I just started swimming, I couldn't swim. I was like, you are going to swim. You're going to be better <laughs> so in this. Are you going to so be entering any um, any swimming events? Coming? No, maybe Ironman, but I got a bit maybe scarred in open water swimming. I'm not good at that yet, but I will get there. I think that's the Joburg in you. be an Ironman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the Joburg in you. <sighs> so talking about the, the competitiveness, now looking at your history with Two Oceans, your last two oceans, you came second. Before that, the, on the fifty-six, you came third. I mean, you you must be itching for for <laughs> for that first. Uh, yeah, I am itching for that first. Um, you have no idea. <laughs> we do. I think we're all also kind of itching for it. If you followed me on the half marathon and for two oceans, it took me a really long while to win the half marathon. Mm. I had a lot of seconds. Also breaking records, but I wasn't first over the line, <laughs> that whole story. <laughs> and um, close thirds and yeah, it was even in the half. I was like two races. It was the one year next to each other. Oh, back to backs. It was like I was the last K. I was still like in first, second, first, second, and I lost. So this one took a real blow in 2022 because that was, I thought I had it. You thought you had it. Yeah. Yeah, And then all of a sudden I was like, and when she came up through, yeah, when I saw her (laughs) passing me, I just went numb. I went this numbness over me. I had no response. It was like, I was just like, what? Is that when you get to a point where you just like, you you physically are giving 100% your you know, your natural Mentally. competitiveness is like... I is think like my there. natural competitiveness what, but, just gave up there. But, but I was what like a feeling numb, though, hey? just shocked to like, numb. Just to be able to like give nothing. You I know? mean, that was in the in the last K and the last two... Last two Ks. Yeah. Yeah. So, and last when I checked, it, there was still a gap. And then yeah. it was just like, what? She was there. What? 
<laughs> yeah, well, everyone's like, what? Well, I'm sure that fire. I'm sure that fire is burning. Uh, I reckon this year, 15th of April comes, and we're gonna see some some fireworks. Some Davy and I won't see them because we'll be we'll be far behind that battle. I but hear you're doing your first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, first two oceans. He's, uh, a, he's a novice. I'm a novice. It's the, better being a novice. Though, yeah, I think. then you don't know. You don't know how yeah. the legs are gonna feel. Go, well. I have an idea of how good <laughs> the legs are going to feel going into Heart Bay. I have no idea what Constantia Nick is going to do to me, but it's fun. It's <laughs> nothing that the, the Hope, Heart Bay didn't do to you. <laughs> Heart Bay is like the worst ever. Like oh, That's a future Nick's problem. But I mean, and, and talking about the future, is is there a, a potential comrades uh, entry in, in, in a play? <laughs> Um, I don't think for this year. That's okay. fine. You have to That's wait fine. a bit still. That's fine. Tell us uh, when, because then Davy and I can start betting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think possibly maybe the year after. Okay. But I'm just giving myself time still. I'm scared of making that yeah, move. Yeah, hundred percent. And you've so got so much the else. Distance yeah. really scares me. That's the main thing. The distance is. Oh, it scares me. So scares um, all of us, to be honest. <laughs> for sure. So yeah. So I think. Um, when I feel ready. I don't think you're ever ready for comrades, but when I have a little bit more experience, maybe in two oceans, that I know I'm ready to make the next step, um, I'll do it. So maybe in the next two or three years, I don't want to let you get betting too soon. <laughs> so yeah, but it's definitely, I want to run comrades. It's definitely on the cards. It's just planning. I don't know yet. So, something that I noticed during my two ocean, I mean, comrades training was like, it just felt like that was like, your one thing that you were doing the entire year and maybe that was because we had it in August, August. it was August August but even if it's in June um, so like so for someone like you if you are racing comrades is that is that like the one thing that you're doing for the whole year because obviously a lot of people say can you race two oceans and comrades I mean I'm going to try and do that this year and we'll see how it goes <laughs> but for an elite athlete do you pick one or the other or if you run Comrades, you can't do any other marathons, or how would you tackle that? Well, I think Hadla made that door pretty open to all of us, yeah. seeing that she did um, to Oceans, won it, and mm. then did Comrades, won it, and then did New York Marathon as well. And in between, she ran a lot of 10Ks as well, and she did a half marathon. So I think seeing that being done, it's okay. She's also a bit what you, when abnormal, <laughs> but um, and I think 2018. 2018. 19. Okay. 19, I think. Um, yeah, just before COVID. Mm. If she can do it, I think it's possible. But for me, I have run quite longer than her. So um, that I can only maybe adjust to. I will definitely do two oceans and comrades in the same year. But if I can have enough in the tank to do another marathon, uh, I don't know <laughs> if that is possible. Mm. Because just of the distance, of the comrades' distance. I'm not sure how long recovery takes, and everyone is different. So yeah. it all depends on that. So, but yeah, definitely, I think you can do both. But I don't, I don't really think there's time to do a marathon. One, one, one last quick thing I want to ask before you wrap up this conversation: your, your 50k ultra marathon world record. Tell us briefly about that. I know it was in, I know it was in 2021. How, you still the world record holder for 50k. Yeah, yeah, until uh, the next 50k, that's now in February, yeah. so <laughs> maybe it's going to be broken, <laughs> then I'm okay. going to lose that title. Okay, well, so we can still call you the yeah. world record holder for, <laughs> for now, because <for> <laughs> you're not taking part in the next 50k. No, no, I'm not, so I'm uh, skipping that one. But how, how did you know, did you know that you were on route for that world record, or that it was it a surprise in the last couple of k's, or? No, so we, me and Hara was actually coming from... I see Hannah that we did the marathon that was six weeks prior so we weren't even on an ultra marathon training program we were just getting back into training and then Nick said we had the option of not you Nick other yeah, Nick yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had the option of um, finishing the race and I was like still thinking the Wednesday I was like really um, I don't think so <laughs> It's like, I don't think I'm in that shape to finish a 50K. So it was very doubtful, <laughs> but we had like the 30K pacing job. We had to pace until 30K with the, we had the splits, exactly what we had to do. And in the race um, on the day, I was like, oh, this is a nice long run. Oh my word, I'm feeling like it. It's, it's everything just is just, record. it's <laughs> just going and it just feels so comfortable. And at 25K, or no, it was, 
at 27, I pulled up to Hara, but me and Hara were chatting a lot and we were really actually a bit on a social run. Um, <laughs> chatting at race pace, Davy. <laughs> yeah. Let's try that. And yeah, then at 27, I can still remember coming up to Hara and I'm like, I think I'm going to help her until 35 because then you had to still go past the finish and then do a loop and then you will pass the finish again to uh, start the last lap. And um, I was the whole time calculating when is breakfast going to finish. I just don't want to miss breakfast <laughs> at the hotel. So that was the whole time playing on my mind. So I was Priorities like, <laughs> <is> food. <laughs> so I was like, okay, if I pace until 35, I can still make breakfast and I can still see the finish and I could shower quickly in that time because it's like an hour. So I can do all those things. So I was like, and as we got to 33, I was like, jeep. This girl is getting tired. I'm like, okay, she's not going to back to world record. And this is going to be a fail if she doesn't break it. I was like, someone's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll step ahead. <laughs> and as I came into the finish that we're going to do the next lap, that is now the last lap, I'm seeing Nick and I'm asking him, is it all right if I finish? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Now you like have to switch now. Now you're racing. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, if this goes south, you can get second. I'm like, okay, but don't come second. <laughs> so yeah, I knew we were on the pace. And then from there on, my last 10 Ks was really the fastest of the race. So Brilliant. I knew as yeah, I was picking up. Chill, but it also tells you, yeah, pacing yourself yeah. through that first 40, then the last 10 K. Yeah, so um, as I got into race mode, because now I'm switching from pacing mode to race mode. So that's two different. <laughs> I won't lie, race mode, that's kind of scares me. Hey, I like see her, she's got the serious face. She's got these serious yeah, we glasses. Saw like I it's, saw it, it's scary uh, stuff, yeah. eh? It does, I'm does, very grateful for glasses. I don't think you want to see my <laughs> eyes while I'm racing. <laughs> yeah, but that's what maybe, maybe you need to like figure out how to like use that as a tool to scare your competition yeah see like imagine Khaled just seeing Ooh. seeing the, the <laughs> fiery inferno that you are bringing yeah I think there's a reason why you don't see each other's faces that you just run next to each other <laughs> and not see each other from the front <laughs> Yvette thank you so much it's been such a lovely conversation yeah it actually really has. We can't wait to to get you back onto the show. I think uh, there's so much more that I wanted to unpack about your training and get more into the details. I didn't know that you were o your own coach. So I think that's, <laughs> uh, next time we'll just we'll have purely, to uh, purely we'll, coaching call with a vet van Zale. We uh, will. Uh, no, it's fine. We'll refuel the jet and we'll, oh. <laughs> we'll get we'll get her back here in no time. And you know what they say. You know, if you wanna if you wanna become a pro, if you want to become the best runner you can possibly become, you train know, like a pro. You train like a pro. So train like a vet, and you know, Davy, perhaps you know. One day. One day. We one have day. to work on Davy a bit. <laughs> Don't leave the episode on that, please. <laughs> Thanks, Avet. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. We hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show. Don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform. And remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.